So, Cameron, you're all stuck inside. You've got your full Doomsday Bunker on lockdown. Uh, what are the tunes that you've been cranking in that in that place? I have actually been listening to a lot of jazz. Um, I don't know. I guess it helps me calm down, you know? Yeah. So I've you, been listening to, to a lot of, um, like, Miles Davis and Coltrane. You'd think that so. the apocalypse would call for, like, metal music or something like that. No, you know, I've always said that, that the best apocalypse soundtrack is actually, like, big band music. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, like big band swing. I love that, like that. Yeah, it's fun. Oh. So I, that's that's kind of been my full quarantine playlist is is swing music. Yeah, if you were making a, a film and you had to place a licensed like soundtrack, like a set of music, what kind of genre you would pick big band music, I guess. For like for like what's going on now? Sure. Or or for Well, you're making a movie, so obviously it, it's it depends. stylized, right? It depends. I mean I I would have I have a lot of different like I don't know. I I don't feel like I feel like a lot of different genres go with a lot of different things. You know what I mean? But I think for for like an apocalyptic theme, like big band is is cool. That's that's a cool. It's a cool vibe. Yeah, I could see you going with more of a lighthearted apocalypse, um, probably in in your film, right? <laughs> for me, I um, I think if it depends. I mean, it depends. If but. you're doing serious, like I think ambient music is really cool. Um, actually, you know what would be really neat is if you did an apocalypse movie with like lo-fi music. I know, I yeah. know, lo-fi is like being integrated into bedroom pop, and it's kind of being overused at this point. But mm. I think it would be, it would have like this. Um, I don't know, especially if it took place like in a city. Sorry, forgive me. I'm I'm getting a little overly creative. Uh, <laughs> you know, like an apocalyptic city with like lo-fi music that's like background elevator like thumping beat music if you don't know what lo-fi is it's just yeah very yeah. chill laid back edm kind of thing yeah you know what else i've been listening to um funnily enough i've been listening a lot to the uncut gem soundtrack really which is like um it's kind of like a weird ambient um sort of um like synth soundtrack mm. Um, but it's not, it, it's, it's different from what you would expect, but it's, it's really good. Um, yeah, I still so you see I, that one. I, I haven't, I haven't that seen out. that film yet, so. It's so good. I'm writing something about it right now. Actually. Awesome. Yeah. So. I was going to say something else about soundtracks and it completely slipped my mind. <laughs> I have no idea where I was going with that. Well, what have you been listening to? Oh, that was my question. That's what I was going to ring back to. <laughs> Completely unorganized. That's how that's how this show goes. I've been listening to um, Coldplay. Actually, I know that's kind of basic, but I had no idea they released like a full sixteen track album last year. Like I don't know how that flew under the radar. Yeah, so I didn't know either. I listened to all of that recently, um, and then I've been listening to this singer from American Football, which is like an alternative math rock group, but he has mm-hmm. like ten other bands. And I kind of discovered that. So I've been listening to him. I guess there's a band called Owen and another one um, that is very weird. I don't... He, he's in a bunch of weird, strange bands. And I guess people like him. But his his voice, his vocals are rough. It's kind of punky. So, mm. <laughs> um, But it's been interesting to listen to Coldplay's album. I mean, they are a global sensation, I think. Um, and it, you can kind of tell they went with more of a foreign sound. 
um, mm-hmm. for this last album, which is weird because I thought the last album was already out, but they did another one apparently. Yeah. And I listened through it and it just sounds like, like this strange U2 meets a 1950s, uh, adventure, like <laughs> adventuring kind of archaeologist Indiana Jones vibe. Maybe that's just like the, the foreign sounds. I don't know. It's, it's odd. And all of the, um, like backing panels for the songs are like these black and white, uh, like films, like these old black and white footage stuff. It doesn't look like it's from a film. It's from like a home video. It's just mm-hmm. very weird. Uh, their their music is still sounds like budget U two, not budget U two. Its own spin on U two. Um, yeah. But there's there's weird stuff. Like it will go from like an orchestrated piece to a choir, like gospel track, and I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. And then it will jump back to that delayed guitar U2 sound and then more weird stuff from there. So, I mean, that's what I've been listening to. It's really nice. Actually, I've been trying to explore different music when I'm spending time color correcting and editing for the church work I've been doing. So, um, that's how's that coming. How's that color correcting going? I'm getting better at it. I think I'm, I'm understanding it a little bit better to like get a, uh, a nicer palette. It's just understand. Like I've, I just took me a while to turn dials and, and, and figure it out completely. You know, I've been trying to learn like After Effects and motion graphics because mm-hmm. it was always something I'm I, I I just like I never knew how to do and never had the knowledge to do. Yeah. So um, I've been doing that, and that's that's been pretty fun. Um, I'm taking like online courses. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that, but instead I just get free preset motion graphic packs from online. Yeah. And they kind of look all right. So <laughs> they look pretty good for what they are. Um, some of them are yeah. pretty cool. But, yeah, no. Nevertheless, um, this is a podcast, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, my name is Isaac Ransom. <laughs> I'm Cameron. And you're listening to the Everything Comes From Something podcast. Uh, a little bit of a disorganized episode. Um, you might laugh at our unorganization. Who knows? Um, today's episode Whatever. is all about comedies movie comedies Cameron and I are going to be breaking down a list from Rotten Tomatoes which is the top 150 we're going to talk about our opinions on comedy films um we figured that you might have time to watch some and maybe they'll cheer you up and so we're going to give our two Mm. cents on uh some some movies we've watched that we think are funny uh I think Cameron and I probably have a different taste in comedy uh than most people um you think so I I think so, but I do believe that some of the films we're going to talk about uh, today will be kind of universally embraced, especially towards when we get towards the bottom of that that top 150. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to note, we're not going to read every single movie on this list. We have not seen every single movie on this list. We are going to just point out ones that we notice, uh, point out their Rotten Tomato score, and then probably towards the end bring up films that are maybe forgotten off the list that we think you should consider. Uh, again, if you support, or I mean, if you enjoy this episode, you can support us at uh, patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. Uh, get your questions read right on the show, get exclusive benefits. If you can't support us, of course, we understand times are tough. We Times are tough. We hope you're doing well and that you are safe. Um, you can always just tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoy it and uh, give us a rating on iTunes. That's how the show grows. Uh, Cameron, any 
any side remarks or, or little things to get into before we start talking about the yes, podcast? Uh, we do have um, a few questions from, for, from our patrons, actually, Great. this week. Um, uh, so, uh, one of the, our questions is from Andrew Sides, um, and he asks, um, what are your thoughts on AI slash Elon Musk's concerns about it? Uh, do you think jobs created by the, uh, the coming AI paradigm shift will displace those that are automated away? Uh, also, what are your favorite movies, books, TV shows about AI? Love the show. Well, AI... I gotta be honest. I, I think this is an interesting topic. Maybe we should have done a whole show on it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll give our quick remarks for you, Andrew. Andrew, thank you for supporting the show. We love you, dude. We hope you're doing good. Um, I think that some of the concerns about automation are valid to a degree, but I do think that the last technological jump that advanced us so much did not have the catastrophic effect that some people might have considered. Uh, I'm referring to the Industrial Revolution during the 1800s. Was there a shift of certain jobs? Yes. Like certain jobs did not become existent or or basically did not. There was not a necessity for certain jobs once um, technologies emerged that pushed markets towards more efficiency, right? And so if you were someone that worked those jobs, um, that meant that you were out of luck and you had to find something else to do. But that still doesn't acknowledge the fact that new technology still needs to be monitored by certain people, right? So there, it doesn't mean that 100% of the jobs are gone, like all the way, right? Um, I think that Elon Musk's concerns aren't about market efficiency. They're more concerns stemming from science fiction, and I do think that the, those are compelling fears to explore. Uh, Cameron, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I kind of I kind of agree with you um, in that w- uh, being on the other side of like a, a dramatic shift in sort of technology, you can't really understand what um, uh, what how the market is going to correct um, on the other side, right? So so like in before the industrial revolution. You know, it was like what eighty percent of of workers were agricultural, and then it shifted to to an industrial center. And those jobs, and I, those jobs, obviously there was displacement in the moment, um, and that's unfortunate. And there are obviously some side effects from that. But um, from for the most part, we became a more efficient economy. We became a more efficient. Um, system and we were able to that that um, that shift from an inefficient system uh, to a more efficient system let uh, people get paid for things that they normally wouldn't have in in the pre-industrial economy so I think in the same way I I understand the concern and um, I'm not sure what's going to happen obviously nobody is really sure what's going to happen but I think um I think we're going to be able to to sort of come out on the other side uh, more efficient and with new opportunities, with new things um, that people will be able to do. Uh, and AI, I think, um, I think specifically AI is uh, 
a big concern. Um, automation, I think, is a good thing. Um, but AI, well, well, largely a good thing. Obviously, there are bad side effects, but um, there, there can be. But AI is, is very interesting because um, <laughs> we, we don't actually know what's going to what it could mean if there was like generalized uh, artificial intelligence. Now, I I don't actually think that's um that we're close necessarily to to what is that? What is it called like the event horizon or whatever? That what is what is that um point in, you know, where AI becomes smarter than us or whatever? What is that called, Isaac? I don't know the exact term you're referring to. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Um not exactly, actually. Well, anyways, I, I can't remember, but um, but, but I I I don't think we're actually. I think we're we're on the track, obviously, to specialized AI. You know, AI that's designed for a specific job that can that can you know replicate or you know fix its own code. Um, I think we're we're definitely we're obviously already there. You know, we're we're there, but. But as for generalized AI, I, I just don't think we're we're that close to it. And you know, who knows? I mean, maybe they're doing secret government programs. But um, I'm not that worried about it in the future. Um, I don't know. I don't think we're I don't think we're all that close. As far as favorite movies and TV shows about AI, um, I love Ex Machina. I think it's a great, um, a great, great, great. You know, little tiny. Um, you know, very small scale sci-fi movie, but I think it's it's just so well written and and the performances are fantastic. I actually, interestingly enough, that we're talking about this, um, I guess it's not technically AI, but it, it may as well be. Um, I watched Minority Report last night. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and that is such a good movie. It's it's fantastic. But you know, you know, they're they're uh, using pre crime. You know, they're they're telling the future about who's you know who's who's gonna commit a, cr- a murder in the future and blah blah blah. Um, and that's a lot of fun too. But I mean, that would be the only sort of dystopian thing. I think AI is is more more interesting to imagine than. Um, than what it's really going to be, you know? I don't think we're going to get anything like that. Well, so, I mean, you know, Andrew, I know Andrew's a fan of, of Joe Rogan, and, and a lot of people listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, but I think one of the follow-ups that I heard him mention was addressing his interview with Elon Musk and their conversation about AI, and, and one mm-hmm. of the things that he said that I think is is really sort of insightful is he talked about how AIs can beat like players at chess all the time, like human players constantly, yeah. right? No matter what. Uh, and then he kind of shifted the conversation and said, you know, look how an AI might be able to always win, but someone had to teach that AI how to play the game in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that might be a simplified view, but I think that there, there is something to what you're saying with AI might, maybe not being as developed as, as some people might be concerned about. Um, yeah. We obviously don't know that much. That's not our field of study. Uh, there's a lot of other smarter people that know more about AI. Um, but there's a, a little question that I'd like for you to consider as an audience member. This is something just because I've been studying economics um, and I'm about to finish up, finish up my degree. Uh, one of the guys I've been reading about, his name is Robert William uh, Fogel. He won the Nobel Prize uh, in economics in 1993. And... Fogel 
is a little bit notorious in the in the economics community because he won on the principle that he proved slavery was an efficient uh, market system, and that's why it worked. Um, and so people, was uh, an efficient market yes, system. Yes, he said it was very efficient, and oh. and so people. Well, that's not true. Really, well, he won a prize for it. So you I, might disagree with it, but he, I, yeah, yeah, and and his his argument was is that it the only way to break such an efficient market system was a government intervention, actually a like an, a flat out war to break that industry, and mm-hmm. so I think it is a compelling thing to consider. What I learned from Fogel's uh, research is that maybe market efficiency isn't the end goal always, right? Maybe sure. you should consider um, other things before just aiming to find market efficiency at all times. And so the conversation with AI, I do think, should stem beyond a simple view of saying like, well, the Industrial Revolution made us more uh, efficient and therefore, you know, AI will make us more efficient as well. And look how good life is now. So I can only imagine life being better. And so I think there's a little bit of nuance to this conversation, right? Um, sure, sure, sure. Maybe there's a trade-off to always just aiming for efficiency. Um, I think you know what what actually is scary. Um, not the AI that's in the future, but the AI that they actually have right now, where the the predictive advertising AI. Um, do you know about this? Where they based on your habits they predict what what you might be interested in next um and that is just an algorithm um but but i find that really creepy uh that that they have so much data on you and everybody else that um they're able to just you know predict what whatever's going to happen next whatever you're you're going to be interested in next so yeah i mean i i witness it like firsthand whenever you're on instagram after you're like searching something on amazon there's like a thousand uh ads trying to sell you that one thing or something in that category like i searched gaming chairs a week ago just because my posture was getting weird from sitting in front of Mm -hmm. a monitor i was like i should find a chair that's better and then, like, after going on Amazon for a little bit, I was like, eh, you know, I'm going to keep going back to work. And later that afternoon, I went on Instagram, and there was just tons of gaming ads, uh, gaming chair ads. I was like, oh, come yeah. on, you know? Like, I'm not that yeah. interested. So, <laughs> not quite a flawless algorithm, but nevertheless. Well, did, do you know about this one? Um, I, I think I've told this story on, on the podcast, actually, but I, I just find it really interesting where – Target based on you know there was this there was this um, I think she, she was like a seventeen year old girl um, and they you know she she was buying certain um, certain products like you know unscented soap and you know certain you know other things and the, they actually figured out um, that she was probably most likely pregnant. And so they sent her ads for like baby carriages and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the dad of, of this, you know, 17 year old girl, um, came to target management and was like, what is this? Why are you, you know, why are you sending her targeted ads for this? Turns out she actually was pregnant. Um, yeah, I think you had told that story to me before. Yeah. Uh, That that's creepy. I mean, that's just so, so weird. Um, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I, Anyways, so yeah, I I don't know. I find I find the AI that's already out there, you know, the algorithms and you know the metadata that they 
they're they're tracking you forever you know i find that to be creepy oh yeah more than anything most definitely i i mean i mean i think just one last thought on on ai i think about like how complex ai is for like a video game you know what i mean like you think mm. about how ai interacts in a world and and how they how they respond to the players actions and it's always like like no matter how advanced the ai thinks it is right in the game they always end up being shocked for lack of a better word by the player's <laughs> actions in that <laughs> moment do you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah like if you're playing an open world game and the ai is doing everything in its power to try to immerse you they're like yes like this is a real world that's living and breathing and then the player is just wreaking havoc or something like that. And even if the AI is expected for the player to wreak havoc, they're still shocked by what happens, you know? Like it's, it, so, I mean, like, I do think there, there is a ways to go for there to be, like, robots that are developing their own feelings and emotions and, and uh, like, a whole idea of... of computer like i don't know you know like a, like yeah, an autonomous yeah. I, being I or something saying. like that right yeah yeah so i i'm i'm here for for autonomous vehicles though i'm ready for it i don't know about i don't know about self-driving cars dude that's that's crazy <laughs> i'm here for it <laughs> we'll see autopilot i don't think i like once they start saying like oh you know it's just like autopilot then people are like okay yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah um all right. Do you want to get into the topic? Sorry, I derailed you, but you no, know, that's gotta, fine. Got to follow up on our on our questions. Thanks. We actually got one. Yes. This week. Thank you for the question, Andrew. So please, please send in questions um, if you listen to the show. You and too you support can us on derail our show uh, yes, easily. Yes, you can. Uh, it just costs money. So, anyways, you want to start with number one fifty on this list? Hot Rod. Now we love this movie, don't we? <laughs> We've talked about this movie a lot. I, you know, it's on Netflix. You can watch it now. I just gotta say, Hot Rod has some of the best, like, uh, just like quips and and one liner. I mean, they're not even like one liners. They're just like, just absurd. Like, there's this. It's just a really silly movie. Like, honestly, it's it's not. It's not very good necessarily, but it's just very silly, and you obviously you know that they're just having fun with it, and and I think that's what's most enjoyable, you know. Um, I I don't know. I I've always kind of had a soft spot for, uh, for the Lonely Island guys. I think they're funny, um, even though they're they're extremely dumb most of the time, but most of what they do, I find I find very funny. I I don't know if this is gonna be on the list, but. Uh, pop star never stop never stopping <laughs> that's i would say that's more of a satire of the pop industry itself and so i think it can be heavy-handed but it's it's pretty comical i would say i think that i don't know i don't know if hot rod or, or uh pop star is better i think i think hot rod is is a better movie actually yeah uh, from watching it just i mean like the plot is straightforward right and yeah. and i think this is where comedies are are very on edge because like how do you balance plot and comedy but if i just tell you like the plot is about a son who has a stepdad that he wants to beat the crap out of to prove his worth but then his dad has a heart failure or something like that and so he's like the whole plot is like they want to save money to save his stepdad 
so that he can beat him up and earn his respect. Like that's the plot. And at least you can understand it. Like if I say it out loud, like it's like, that is absurd, but I understand what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I like how the plot in this movie plays into the stupidity of the entire film, right? The whole movie is supposed to be dumb, right? Yeah. It's supposed it's to be very dumb. Yeah, it's supposed to be stupid and you're you're not supposed to take it seriously. I don't know anybody yeah. who could watch this film and just be like, Wow, like this movie is just yeah, this is a stupid movie. Like, like they get upset that it's stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> the first thirty seconds is him like doing this brain, like this head montage where he's like imagining animals, and then he rides a bike off a ramp and completely—it's just slapstick. Like his body goes flying and like he hits his neck against like the concrete, and it makes no sense. He gets up like he's fine, and then the movie starts with like this wild. 80s sounding music so it's just dumb it's really dumb but it's it's funny it's 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 good i honestly Um, don't think i'm selling it like i do recommend it it's on netflix like just watch it have a good time it's it's totally just popcorn you just put it on and and enjoy the silliness it really is is meaningless but it's funny um now uh at number 148 uh, we've got scary movie. Before now, wait, before you move there, Cameron, real fast. Yeah, Hot Rod yeah. is at a thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. We are gonna say the the percentage just so you yeah, can have an understanding. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's really rough. So maybe we're in the minority. It's silly, maybe even like borderline stoner comedy. I guess you could say. Yeah. So, so scary movie's got a fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, now I will say scary movie is a much worse movie than than Hot Rod. Hot Rod is way better. So I don't know what the critics are uh, are onto right now. But um, I actually had to watch scary movie for my for a class that I took in college. Um, can you, if you can believe that, it's just it's just the it's just so dumb. Um, but uh, yeah, it was for my horror movie class. Because and that was that was how he introed the class was he showed scary movie and he was like you know we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into like the tropes and the you know blah 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 um, and uh, and I remember there's a scene where <laughs> there's this a really uh, it's kind of terrible actually but there's a really bad scene have you ever seen this movie Isaac no Cameron I'm I'm sad to admit I've watched the first um like 15 minutes of scary movie two and it's probably the most offensive movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> life and you know to a certain to a certain credit like that's sort of impressive but yeah at the it's si- really it's really bad it, it's it can, horrible it, yeah so there's a sequence kind of to go off of that. Um, there's a sequence in, um, uh, in like halfway through the movie where the main character, you know, they're all, they're all kind of, this is the mo the moment in the horror movie where they like figure out that something's going wrong, you know, right. uh, where they're like, Oh, there's a serial killer after us. And the one girl, you know, the one, I think she survives in the end, but, um, the one girl says exactly what's going on and who, and who the, the perpetrator is and, and the dumb like jock guy, um, like says, she, says she's dumb and then actually like tackles her and kicks her on the ground and you're, you're like what what is going yeah i think those happening? movies like uh, just borderline on abs- uh, just like pure absurdity and it's yeah I mean, I mean i've never seen that one but the parts of the of the second film that i watched let's like i was watching it with um my girlfriend's family um <laughs> and 
yeah, Juliana was like, let's just turn this off because my parents are going to yell at us or something like this. And I, it was like, it was like uh, her sister's boyfriend recommended to watch it. And then it was just like, uh, we should not be watching this. You know, like it was, it was yeah. something else. Yeah. Um, now I, I can't miss this movie, uh, because otherwise Johnny DeRay is going to get mad at me. But at number one forty six is Shaolin soccer. Um, I, I, have you ever seen this movie? I have no idea what this is. <laughs> It's really funny. It's like a kung fu soccer movie. Um, and it does kind of look like Johnny. <laughs> Friend of the show. He's been on the show. So Yeah, he has. Um, uh, Stephen Chow, he's like, um, he, he's he's the director, but he's he's like a really funny, um, like, he, he's like a, I guess like a Hong Kong kung fu comedian kind of guy. Uh, but anyways, it's a, it's a very dumb movie, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, let's move on to 145. Um, oh, and I bring it up because it is Johnny's, like, I think it's, like, his favorite movie of all time or something. It's, like, <laughs> oh. uh, it's it's up there for him. Wow. Um, but it is funny. I mean, it's it's a good movie. Well, if you enjoyed the episode with Johnny, you know, I guess out of respect, you can watch that. Watch it. Yeah. Um, at number 145, Mrs. Doubtfire. You ever seen this movie? No. A Robin Williams classic. Yeah. He dresses up as as, like, a nanny to get... Uh, to spend time with his his kids um and so it's just it's just it's it's robin williams in drag and it's it's hilarious it's so funny um anyways let's keep on going 144 is pitch perfect um i am very split on this movie because there are moments that are funny but this suffers the comedy sickness is what i think we're going to start calling it through the rest of this episode Mm where it can't decide whether it wants to be absurd and then it takes itself very seriously towards the end of the movie with a plot conclusion about friendship and how they're all going to come together or something like that. Uh, yeah. That These kind of movies like fall flat for me because they just... I, I don't know. Like there, there were some standout moments, I guess, with like Fat Amy, uh, which is what people, people say. She's very funny. Um it was just fine. Uh, I know a lot of people that are going to think that I am crazy for saying that. But it felt like generic comedy movie number six or something like that. And on top of that, I had to suffer through singing portions, uh, which mm. I, I, I just hate that. Like, I didn't come to watch a musical, and it's a musical comedy and I don't like musical films. So I think that probably didn't help it. Uh, it's sitting at an 80%, so I'm probably in the minority there. Um, but nevertheless. Yeah. So um, now the next one down the list is a movie that I have not seen, actually, but I hear very, very good things about. Um, and I just wanted to mention it briefly because the uh, the premise is extremely um, dark and extremely spicy. Uh, do you want me to just read the one line? Sure, sure. Four incompetent British terrorists set out uh, to train for a, to train for and commit an act of terror, uh, and it's a it's a comedy. And uh, I hear it's very very dark and very funny. Um, what what movie is this? It's called Four Lions. Oh, it's at one forty-three. Okay, for sure, eighty-three percent. So. Yeah, um, I hear it's just like really, really biting, uh, like political satire. So, wow, um, sounds like your kind of cup. Yeah, sounds fun. Um, so, 
next at 141 is Big. Have you ever seen Big? Nope. This is a fun movie. Um, Tom Hanks. You know, it's a it's a 90s comedy. It's 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 fun. He uh, he's a kid, and then he wishes to be an adult, and he becomes an adult. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's you know it's a funny movie. It's always a Anyways. fun switch up. It's like that movie Shazam. Except instead oh, yeah, of becoming so, yeah. an adult, he becomes a adult with superpowers. Mm, right. I right, feel like Shazam should be in that TV show called The Boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he does kind of look like that, doesn't he? Yeah, something about it. But I watched Shazam. It was okay. That's how I felt about it. I'm yeah, down at uh, 138, Cameron. Were there any other movies you want to talk about? Before um, we jump? Uh, this is Dazed and Confused at 138. Love uh, this movie. It's a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I recently just watched this movie. Um, we we had talked about it on the show, I think a few weeks back. This film is like a period piece, kind of, right? Like 70s mm-hmm. period piece. I, I don't know. I didn't really care for it. I didn't really... I didn't really get the point of it it besides the fact that it's this snapshot of the end of school and that's it yeah i mean it's just a time capsule movie um, but would you say I think it's, it's like, a lot of fun would you say it's like a comedy no not really so i don't really know why it's on this list you know what i mean yeah me neither i mean it's i guess it's not really a, it's not really a it's not like you're gonna roll on the floor laugh you know it's yeah it's not like that um but i think it's very good i i think it's um uh it's an incredibly fun movie. It's very lighthearted and there's something about like capturing an era and capturing like the, um, you know, it's a time capsule piece of, of basically link later's, you know, high school days. And so that's, that's fun. Um, so, you know, I think it's good. I, w- I would watch it. I would get, you know, it's, it's really, it's really not to be any, it's not meant to be anything more than, um, than what it is, you know. Sure, yeah. Yeah. It feels like a it's slice just, it's of it's like a it's a nostalgia, you know, yeah, slice of life kind of movie. Yeah. So it's fun. At one thirty seven, uh, Ace Ventura Pet Pet Detective is there. I I think the Ace Ventura movies are pretty funny. They definitely suffer from the nineties comedy uh syndrome, but they're carried by the fact that Ace uh, uh that uh Jim Carrey is just hilarious uh in these mm-hmm. movies. I think that he is like He's just being himself going crazy uh, in this role. Just like he just even when he's like walking on like on the camera, he just has like this presence that is hilarious. He walks around. uh, He looks completely out of place in every shot, but it's it's very it's very funny. The Mm. the entire movie feels like people trying not to laugh uh, at Jim Carrey. And I would recommend the second one, especially the opening. (laughs) The opening is like a cliffhanger, um, like spoof where he like loses a raccoon, uh, mm-hmm. to like a faulty harness and it's just stupid. It's so stupid, but I, I, yeah, I, I really like the second one. The first one is pretty funny too, but I've never seen the Ace Ventura movies. So Cameron, you should watch the second one with me. All right. It's, it's fun. All right. Moving down the list, Cameron, uh, what's your next pick? Uh, let's see. I would move all the way down probably, 
I don't know. A lot of these I haven't seen. So, <laughs> um, well, I'm at uh, 124 was Zoolander. Okay, yeah. Uh, 2001. I actually just recently watched this movie again. Um, there is like one scene that kills me every time in this movie. Um, but is one scene enough to justify you sitting through a full hour of a movie? And that this is what drives me nuts about comedies is that they'll have like these moments of gold, but then they get wrapped up in the plot. They get too serious, uh, towards the end where it's like, oh, there's a great plot resolution that, but the plot wasn't that good because they're focused on setting up jokes and then it's just yeah, yeah. all over. But the, the best scene in this movie, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, I mean, it's from 2001. Uh, there's this scene where um, Ben Stiller, who's a model, is hanging out with his model friends and they are like trying to cheer up uh, Ben Stiller. And so then they start having like this water fight at a gas station. Cameron, do you know about the scene? <laughs> No. So they're like flinging uh, water. Like, you know how they have those window wiper things? Yeah, um, yeah. They're like flinging water at each other and they're laughing and giggling. They're very stupid uh, models. That's like the whole plot is they're just stupid models. And mm-hmm. um, Ben Stiller walks away to get a phone call and then it cuts back to his friends who are still playing and throwing water. But instead of water, one of them pulls out. Uh, the gasoline nozzle and starts spraying all of the friends with gasoline and they're giggling and then it it cuts to one of the models lighting a match to light a cigarette and it just the the whole gas station explodes and kills all of his model friends and then it just hard cuts to him talking at a funeral and that's like the best part of the movie because it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous um, there are some more, there are some pretty funny parts, uh, cause Will Ferrell's in that movie and he has hair like a poodle and he has a poodle. Um, it's, 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 it's good. Sure. It's good. I'll put it there. All right. Um, yeah. Have you seen any of the like Adam Sandler movies like Happy Gilmore or I think, um, uh, there was another one that was earlier on the list. Have you seen any of those? No, oh, Tommy Boy. No, I have not. Oh no, that's sorry. Tommy Boy's Chris Farley. Never mind. Um, yeah, I haven't seen any of the. I really haven't seen very many Adam Sandler movies. So we're gonna move on. Sorry for our uh, lack of knowledge. Um, well, this is what I mean. A lot of people are like Adam Sandler's so funny, but the only things I've seen him in are terrible, boring, um, comedy movies. You know, like what? I can't even think of them. But every time I think of his face, I'm just like snore. I always see him in the in his serious roles, uh, and he's very good. He's he's great actually. Um, but I've never like I've never thought yeah like I've never thought of him as like hilarious. You know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I kind of understand. And some um, people are like, dude, Adam Sandler's hilarious, and I know he has a com uh, a stand up comedy career, right? Yeah, he does some stand up comedy. Actually, you passed one before, uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, it's one twenty two game night. Mm. Um, with I hear that's good. Yeah, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. Um, yeah, it's fun. I think what it does well is that the plot in itself is fun enough, and they can set up enough jokes with it that it just sort of uh, can hold your attention all the way through. the 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 plot is like these um, friends get together for a game night because it's called a game night, um, but the game is not really a game like it's a game but it's like like they set up this game 
and so they're all sitting around and someone's like, oh, okay, we're going to start. It's like a mystery night. There's going to be clues. It's like an escape room, you know, so you guys mm-hmm. ready for like the game. And then these people smash a window, put a bag over the head of the person who is like putting on the game night and drag their body out. And they're like, oh, wow, this is great. Like with like everybody's like, this is great. This is like with real actors like this is going to be a good night. But they end up getting involved in like something that's really serious. So it's a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, but at least the plot like carries it along for when it's not super funny. It's still right. like compelling to watch. And, and so I think in that respect, it's it's fun. It's pretty modern. Twenty eighteen. Um, I recommend watching it for sure. Yeah. Um, well, let's skip down to 120. Uh, it's 21 Jump Street. It's got an 84% on Metacritic, uh, or on on Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry. Um, and uh, I think this. Have you ever seen this movie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, the plot is that they're trying to to bust this this drug ring in a high school um and so they have to they have to dress up like high schoolers um you know they're adults obviously they're detectives but they have to they have to go in and and dress like high schoolers and it's it's just fun it's you know it's um it's it's a silly movie i think there are some of these like duo comedies that are carried by the fact that there's just great chemistry between two actors and jonah hill and channing tatum together it's like the little brother and the big brother kind of uh, feeling that yeah. you get, and it's just fun. It's 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 funny. Actually, another duo is uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure um, Oof, at yeah. one nineteen. This movie is really stupid, but it's so dumb. I think it's great. I think it's so funny. Um, they go back in time to um, to research for their for their history presentation, I think, and it's just it's hilarious. Yeah, I think that's what's so fun about it is that there's like that history element, which like history is usually like boring and like, or it can be boring for people. Cameron and I, we think it's interesting. It's great. And yeah. these guys are like dumb high school kids and like history's boring. But then they go back in time. And they're like, this is great. Like, wow, <laughs> dude. It's a very, yeah. very stoner comedy. Um, I love, I love Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. It's super fun. Isn't there like a it's, sequel coming? Yeah. It's going to be Bill and Ted three. There's Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And then there's Bill and Ted's bogus journey, which is the second one. I don't know what the third one's going to be, but uh, yeah, there is, there is another one. Oh um, my gosh. Can I just say, I think I've seen this movie. It came out uh, two years ago. I'm probably going to skip something you want to talk about, but at 115, there's like crazy rich Asians with a 91% on Metacritic or or, or on a Rotten Tomatoes. What? Why? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Why? Uh, This movie's uh, not even like super funny, is it? Beats me. It was like a big thing in in the... uh, uh, I didn't hear. I heard it wasn't very good. No, yeah, seriously. I mean, for me, it was a, it was a big snooze. So I don't know what the deal with it being on this list is at all. Besides the fact that it might have had like success. I mean, ninety one percent, big deal, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand why everybody loved it. I I didn't see it, so who knows? Maybe it's great. Um, all right, let's move on. Yeah, so at 110 is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, I love this movie, although I don't really think it's a comedy. Um, I mean, it's funny. It is funny, but it's it's just kind of too weird and too like artsy of a movie um, and too stylish to be a comedy in, in a lot of ways. But um, is that a? I mean, like 
can those elements keep a movie from being a comedy, I guess, is a question. Um, well, I just wouldn't say it's a comedy first. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I think a lot of movies are that way. You know, they're not really comedies first. And then there are there are some movies that are comedies and um, are artistic and sort of have a, uh, have a different view. And I'm sure we'll get to some of them. Uh, later on down the list I mean one that comes to me is Hot Fuzz I think that's a perfect a perfect movie and it's um, you know brilliantly stylish and it's it's you know fun in a filmmaking way um, but at the same time it's it is a comedy first you know so yes um, yeah. anyways so uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel I would recommend it I think it's it's very um, it's very fun it's very uh, Wes Anderson, he's just a lovely director, so you know I think a lot of people would would enjoy his movies. It's um, sitting at a ninety one percent on this list, uh, or it's one ten on the list, but ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a movie that I've wanted to watch, but I can never remember the name of, <laughs> um, which is sort of funny. But yeah, let's move on, Cameron. Unless you have any other thoughts on no, uh, no. Um, at one oh eight is American Pie. Don't waste your time. It's not a very good movie. <laughs> um it's so dumb it's it's juvenile uh you know it just it suffers from the same sort of um like hardy hard dumb 90s comedies humor you know that's like ooh, we're so edgy you know like it it suffers from that i think um have you ever seen it nope and I don't really care to. Yeah. Although I think uh, Blink-182 is in the movie, I believe. Really? Which is cool to me. But mm. um, At number 104 is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Now, recently, Juzo watched this movie, um, and he, he thought it was great. But I, I think this movie is a lot of fun. It's totally like a classic 80s movie. Um, have you ever seen it? No. It is like stereotypical 80s high school movie. And it's 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 a lot of fun, um, so I I would give it a I would give it a watch if that's what you're looking for, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, At 101, uh, Galaxy Quest is sitting there uh, with an 89%. Galaxy Quest is a spoof on Star Trek, and it's pretty funny. Mm. Um, I like it. I I think if you like Star Trek, you'll definitely like it. So, if that is something you're interested in, watch the movie. Uh, at number 100, one of my personal favorites, actually. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> but, no, I don't. <laughs> um, Tropic Thunder. I love this movie. I think it's so funny. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just hilarious. Everything about this movie should make me love it, but I have never been able to get through it. Really? Can you believe that? Yeah, I just, I, that's I think, interesting. I think it's been like one of those movies where I'll start watching, but other things come up. Okay, yeah. I got to turn this off. I got to go do something. And so I don't think I've ever seen past like the landmine explosion. Right, right. You That's very about? early in the in the movie. Yeah, I know, but I've always wanted to like watch yeah. the full thing. So um, I I would recommend going back to it because I think it's just so funny. It's it's so dumb and but it's I, I think actually Ben Stiller he directed it and he did a really good job actually and and yeah. like it's very convincing. Downey is he's he's ah, chef's kiss. He's perfect. Um, I love Jack Black too. It's so fun. Yeah, Jack Black is great. Um, let's see. Wait, at ninety-seven, the movie Spy has a ninety-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that true? <laughs> Number ninety-seven. Yeah. With Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. 
Have you I've never, never seen, seen it? it. No, I've never seen it. Maybe, what if it's like amazing? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's so odd. Like such a generic sounding movie too. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Uh, weird. It just looks like something that I'd never want to watch. Yeah. Like I wouldn't think it's that, that funny, but nevertheless. Who knows? Um, Cameron, I'm jumping to 94 unless you want to mention a different one. No, you go for it. School of Rock is at 94 with a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this is Jack Black, and it's fun because there's children. Uh, very lighthearted, but he like teaches them how to love music. I wouldn't say that it's like hilarious, mm. but it's it's lighthearted and, and it's fun. Another Linklater joint. Uh, he he directed Dazed and Confused. So, mm. uh, he also directed a uh, another Jack Black movie called Bernie. I think it's called. Yeah, I, I've heard of that one. Um, I hear that's good too, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. Anyways, um, let's skip all the way down to number 88 um, at Good Morning Vietnam, another Ro- Robin Williams classic. Um, it's not like hilarious. It's also not the greatest movie ever, uh, but it's fun. I, I think it's a I think it's it's an interesting take. I always love Robin Williams, so I'm kind of a sucker for his movies. Um, I, I'm... Like, like he's been in a lot of movies where the writing and the direction is not very good, but he's he's incredible in it. So, like, I'm I'm here for it. Like, have you ever seen that movie One Hour Photo? No. Um, super creepy. It's like a guy. He Robin Williams. He works at like a like a Rite Aid basically. Um, in the One Hour Photo section, but he also like he's he's basically stalking this family. Um, and he like. Uh, he like takes pictures of them um, and he has them all like like uh, up on his apartment um, Weird. and it's very strange um, and it's not written very well and it's not it's not directed particularly great but he, he is just like captivating as this like this like total creep so I, I love Robin Williams movies um, and I think I think Good Morning Vietnam is is a is a good choice I think it's a fun movie mm. um, so do you have anything Anything else? No, I feel like I've seen it and I don't remember if I have. Mm, so, mm. yeah. Uh, at number 87 is the MASH movie. I think MASH is a great TV show. I've never seen the movie. Hmm. Um, or if I have, it just blended into the show. But, right, right, right. Uh, the show's good. Sure. But I don't know if it's... It's funny, but it's never like... Eh, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Mm. Um, anyways, let's keep it going. I was going to jump to 83, Cameron, unless you want to talk about Go some of the other yeah. films. Napoleon Dynamite is at 83. This movie is totally stoner comedy. It is pretty stylistic. Yeah. Um, And it really gives you that small town feeling, like that boring small town feeling. And I think you have to be in a giddy mood to really love this movie. Otherwise, you will be really bored and very unentertained so yeah i've never seen it so um so i'm not sure but um everybody always says they love it so who knows maybe maybe i'd enjoy it (laughs) yeah i feel like it's definitely a mood movie right definitely a mood movie yeah um now i jump to one kimmy yeah i don't have a lot more to say about the rest that are on this page except for space balls 
which is a Mel Brooks movie. It's just a classic. I mean, it's so funny. It's really I've fun. never seen it, dude. Can really? You oh, yeah, you should watch it. it. I think you'd like it. It's yeah. It's just. It's. I mean, it's. You know, it's obvious. It's a spoof on on Star Wars. You know, they riff on the on the iconography and the the terminology, and they make fun of everything. And it's it's just hilarious. It's it's a it's a really really funny movie. Um, extremely lighthearted. Um, there's some there's some. I don't know. There's just some funny gaffes. It's it's a really it's a really good good movie. You should watch it. It's a good satire. I, s- I actually saw the movie before that. Um, number seventy seven Friday, sitting at eighty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie's like it's it's pr- it's pretty funny. Um, it's about like these two guys in the hood, uh, and I think. Um, Ice Cube and Chris Tucker have a really good chemistry in it. Uh, it. I wouldn't say that it's like the funniest movie in the world, and I wouldn't say that it's the best movie in the world, but there's something kind of like um, simple, I think. Hmm. Like, it's like it's just simple. Like, the plot is straightforward, and the plot is already funny. Like, I think this is something that's important to me. The plot can't be overbearing, and it can't be too serious in a comedy. This movie's about like... Um, it's like Ice Cube's day off and he just wants to relax for once in his life mm-hmm. is what he's kind of saying. And then his friend who's like always smoking weed is like, dude, you just got to try smoking weed. And he's like, no, I don't want to smoke weed. And then he's like, come on, man, you'll really like it. And so, but his friend is like completely toasted for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And then he gives him, uh, like he tries one like puff of the weed and he's like, oh, okay. I guess it's fine. I definitely feel more relaxed. But then it turns out that he wasn't supposed to be smoking that weed or something like that. And so there, it's like the actor who's like the drug lord is like, if you don't give me my weed by the end of the day, I'm going to make sure you boys are dead. And so they just freak out the whole day. The whole day they're just trying to figure out what they do. And that's the whole movie. Yeah, and yeah. it's pretty funny. So, mm. Anyways, moving on. Because um, we are running out of time. Yeah. And how much more can you talk about comedies? I mean, come on, people. You got to go watch them. Um, Step Brothers is at uh, 75. So many people swear by this movie. I have never seen it. Yeah, me neither. Okay, well, sorry people Let's that like that. Um, UFC UHF, is a comedy. You mean? Or U- UFC. <laughs> UH, UHF uh, is a movie that probably no one's seen, but it's Weird Al's movie. Um, I love this movie. I think it is way better than 64%. It is very <laughs> stupid. Super stupid. Mm. Um, and the plot is completely irrelevant and outdated. But I just think that it is... It's great. I don't, I don't know why. Like, it's great to me. It's it's the same as Hot Rod... It's the same feeling as Hot Rod where it's just so stupid. Um, and it's it's awesome. Like, the, the beginning of the movie is a, f- like, frame-for-frame frame recreation of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, which I don't know why it is. But it's like it's a supposed to simulate a daydream, mm. and then like it transitions from that Raiders of the Lost Ark thing, because it's like Weird Al gets squished by the boulder instead of getting away from the boulder, like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then his like squished body slowly morphs into a hamburger because he's just zoned out looking at a hamburger because he's working at a hamburger <laughs> shop, and like by that point I was like I'm totally in. 
Like this movie's <laughs> great. I don't, I don't know. Like it was like at that moment, I was like, I got to watch it. If you have the chance to watch UHF, watch it because you're going to forget about it and you're never going to watch it again. And, mm. um, be ready to expect the stupidest amount of stupid. Right. Uh, yes. So now there's a movie on this list, uh, number 72 that I've always wanted to track down, but I can never seem to find, uh, for some reason it's called, it's a mad, mad, mad world. Um, and I hear it's hilarious, even even though it's like I think it's like two hours and forty five minutes or something. It's just like super long. It's a sixties movie, uh, but I hear it's it's um, it's very funny. I'm I'm interested in in watching it. Um. Anyways, you keep going. Uh, sixty seven Wayne's World uh, is at eighty four percent. I think Wayne's World is funny and fun. It, it definitely is on that same like stupid level. Um, very much like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, in my opinion, um, I, I've never seen Wayne's World actually. So, yeah, it's definitely lighthearted. Mm. It's like, yeah. So, yeah, uh, there was also a um, National Lampoon's Vacation. I like National Lampoon's um, Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite Christmas movies, and it is super <laughs> funny to this day to me. Um. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. So, if you want a funny Christmas movie, that one, that one's the one to jump to for sure. Now, unless there's any on this list that you're you're um interested in, if for the sake of time, I'm going to skip down to number 58. Um uh, I want to mention 61 is Office Space. We've okay, talked about yeah. it on this show. If yeah. you like The Office, um you'll probably like this movie. Uh I'll say that. Right. I haven't and seen Office, it, so. Yeah, Office Space is 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 it's funny. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think the plot is a is absurd too. So, I actually really want to recommend this one. I think if you're kind of feeling my sense of comedy, because you could probably get an understanding of what kind of films I like if you know the referenced ones that I'm talking about, and you haven't seen this one or the ones that I'll recommend in, uh, towards the end of this episode, um, if that makes sense, check out this one. Uh, I think it's I think it's really fun. Jump to your next one, Cameron. Um, yeah, so number fifty eight is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, um, which is an incredible movie. Um, actually, recently, so I I had never seen it all the way through. I had always seen it either from the from the beginning until like halfway through because it's on TV quite a bit. I find, um, or w- I was, I guess, um, uh, or like I I would I would catch it like halfway through and watch it till the end um so i had never seen it all the way through um but i mean it it is just so good there's so many uh, incredible scenes that last chase scene uh in you know the the you know he's he's trying to get home before you know his sister and his mom do the you know the sequence at the at the police station with the sister it's all just so good charlie um, sheen's in the movie yeah yeah um him on the on the float. I mean, it's just it's just classic. It's a great movie. Um, it's yeah, I love that film. Yeah. Um, now I'm gonna skip again to my favorite movie, probably on this list. Actually, yeah, pro- probably my favorite movie on this list. I think about this movie probably more than I should. Me too. It, it comes up all the time in my head. Me too. So uh, at number fifty three is Hot Fuzz. Um, 
and we talked about it a little bit uh but it is it is just it's i think it's a perfect movie i i think it's absolutely I, incredible i agree i agree i've watched it multiple times and it's, and it's still, still funny yeah it's so funny um it's the little things it's the little things it's very dry humor yeah right? so so the one thing the the thing that i'll say about it is a lot of these comedy movies the way that they're set up um, and maybe that's why I don't, I'm not, I'm not really that interested in, in comedies. I don't really watch them. Like I don't seek them out, you know, when I'm like, Oh, I'm going to sit down and watch a movie. I, I don't, I don't tend to gravitate towards a comedy. Um, but the thing, the thing that makes this movie, well, okay. So, so a lot of, a lot of comedies are, are structured like, um, we're gonna here's the beginning of the scene you know we're gonna set up what we're doing in this scene and then for the rest of the time while we're while we're in the duration of this scene we're gonna have the actors riff and make jokes and we're gonna put the camera you know somewhere that's kind of vaguely pointing towards them uh and we're just gonna leave it there and the actors are gonna you know make up the the comedy of of the scene you know and that's why that's why comedies for me always feel a little bit like half um, piece together, you know, because, because it's like, they go from this scene and then there's one objective and they all make jokes and then they, they, you know, have to go to the next scene. So they go to the next scene and then they make a bunch of jokes and then, you know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't really seem tied to, and I think you were saying this too about like, like comedy is the plot always really seems either forced or it doesn't really seem very, um, interesting and it and most of it is because it's it's not you know it's it's a ve- the plot is a vehicle for for the jokes you know um like you think about you know the the next one on this list i can't even believe that this is even in the same realm as uh as hot fuzz but the next one on the list is the hangover and it suffers from this this uh syndrome like completely it's it's the perfect example of of that you know that Oh, why are we here? Because we have to, because it's, it's a movie and we want to make jokes. You know what I mean? Right. And so like, so like it takes you from absurd, um, you know, absurd part to absurd part. And it actually does a pretty good job of, I, I think the first hangover does a pretty good job of being like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. We're just, we're just in it for, for jokes. We're just, you know, we're just laughing. Sure, um, like, I mean, a, a great movie that does that, and we haven't mentioned it on this list, I'm sure it's probably a little bit lower, is Anchorman. I watched it um, a few nights ago, and it's like, it's just trying to get to the next setup, and then there's these great moments um, that are set up almost like, like, I don't even know how they're connected, but but there's moments in that movie where, like, where there's this, like, TV, it's about anchor hosts, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this moment where they're walking. I don't even know how they got there and they get in this side alleyway and a bunch of other anchors from other news stations circle up in it like like a and then they have like this ridiculous war like in this side alleyway like with horses and everything like horses come out of nowhere they start throwing spears at each other chopping off arms like it's so random it's like that part was so funny yeah. How did they get there? Right, like, right I have right. no idea how they got there, but it, it was great. It's like, just absurd. Super fun. Yeah. yeah, and that that's fine. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with absurdism for absurdism, you know, for its own sake. Um, the thing that Hot Fuzz does just so right is it is like, it's it's a tack sharp script. You know what I mean? It is the plot. It all makes sense. It's all internally consistent. The jokes are laid out. 
um, not just through through sort of the humor of the dialogue and you know obviously Simon Pegg is a is a very funny person Nick Frost is a very p- funny person um, and so it's not just from their personalities and their their humor and their charisma as as people um, the humor is a combination of of jokes that are actual like you know the camera makes jokes sometimes you know what i mean like like the writing makes jokes sometimes the fact that that people are are you know doing these things it's it's making a joke about itself like there's a there's an incredible incredible shot that i just i i could never get enough of um where it's um the the manager of the of the supermarket chain um and <laughs> and he uh <laughs> he he's you know they're suspecting they're suspicious of him for you know for one thing or another um and so you know they go in to question him in his office and uh there's one shot where um it's a picture of him smiling in the background um and he says something that's very suspicious and then he smiles and it's the exact same <laughs> it's, it's identical like, it's like they match the frame and they they just they just put it over into the picture frame. yeah that seems great you know I, I can think of another joke from the movie that does that where it's like he goes to talk to his ex-girlfriend that he broke up with at the beginning of the movie mm, yeah and she's wearing she's like a forensic person so she's wearing like this huge blue suit and there's all these people in blue suits all around them right all like looking for clues in this house and and he's like i heard that you were seeing someone else i heard that you were seeing like bill or something like that and then bill turns around because he's wearing a forensic suit he's this blue guy he turns around and says huh me and it's like and she's like how could you expect me to date someone like Bill? No, I'm dating someone named Eric. And this guy who looks exactly <laughs> the same in a blue suit turns and says, hey. <laughs> and it's just, it's so funny because everybody looks the same, you know? Like, I don't know, like that kind of visual comedy. Yeah. And they're like in the background. They're in the background of the camera shot. So it's like they're even more like blurred together or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, that that's, that's, that's what it is. It's just so much visual comedy. It's so much style and, and, and there's like a lot of substance to the movie too. I don't think it's just like a dumb throwaway comedy. You know, there's a lot of heart to like the, the relationship that, that the main, you know, that Simon Pegg's character builds with, um, you know, with, with, uh, um, Nick Frost's character. I mean, there's just like so much, there's, there's so much in this movie. I think it's perfect. I think it's number, maybe number two on the list. And this is what, I mean, this is where I think a lot of comedies fail or they can't, like, stand the landing, I think. Yeah. And Hot Fuzz has the best payoff of an ending. Oh, like, yeah. In a comedy. Yeah. It is just, it, it, <laughs> it blows the rest of the jokes out of the water. The ending is so, is so great, you know? Yeah. And I it's can't like remember. It's like an actual, like, legit awesome action scene. It's yeah. <laughs> like, like, and it's so good. It's so it's, good. It's a great payoff. And when I think about some of my favorite comedies, the ending is the weakest part. That's the yeah, part you don't always. think about. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why that movie stands out. And I actually think that, uh, cause we're going to move on, but I, we, uh, I, I don't think we can say it enough. We recommend hot fuzz. Go watch hot fuzz. Watch it's it. so watch funny. It. It's, it's so good. Watch. If you, if you don't take anything else away from this episode, go watch hot fuzz, you know? Yeah. Um, but ghostbusters is at 47 and I think ghostbusters sticks the landing at the end too. Like that's something yeah. that makes 
that movie so uh, such a cultural phenomenon. Of course, like the cast is great, you know, and and it is a really funny movie. I I honestly don't remember as much as I should from the movie. I remember liking it, but I should definitely watch it again. Yeah, I think Ghostbusters is a lot it. of fun. It's it's again Bill Murray is sort of the very dry, sarcastic humor um, that he brings to the table. Um, and it's it's a ton of fun. It's a it's a great movie. Dan Aykroyd is great. Um, I I recommend it. Obviously, everybody's seen Ghostbusters. So yeah. Um, um because we're running out of time, we're gonna run through the rest of the list as quick as possible. But I think our our kind of thesis has been instated through our opinions on Hot Fuzz. Cameron, I'm gonna rapid fire. You can jump in if I miss something. Yeah. Uh, Dumb and Dumber is at 45. Um, it's dumb. It's fun. It's Jim Carrey. Uh, and Jeff Daniels, so they have a good time. Uh, the Odd Couple is a classic. I think that it is a relatable idea. Um, let's see. I've not seen Clerks. Me neither. Oh my I haven't God. seen The Producers either, uh, but I hear it's very good. Um, I actually have seen Clerks. Um, it's a, it's, it's fine. It's, you know, it's not the greatest. To be honest, how could I forget this? Like I literally this slipped my mind completely. Know, but what, yeah. what we do in the shadows is at forty one. Um, Excellent, mm. excellent mm. comedy. I love this movie. I, I just it's think it is very funny. <laughs> it's great. Um, Taiko ITT leading and directing. Um, it's just so good. It's so good that they made a TV show based on it. Yeah. Okay. And it's that's what I, that's what I say. What we it's do so in the shadows is is so funny. It's <laughs> such a good movie that no one's seen. Mm. That a production company said, even though not that many people have seen this underground film that's really popular and well-liked, we're going to make a TV show about it. Right. And really just gr- spread the word. Because it's, it's great. It's great. It's so fun. Um, I'm going to keep going down. I don't know a lot of these classic films. Cameron, yeah, wanna- What's Up, Doc? Um, that is a completely absurd movie. Barbara Streisand um, plays... I mean, it's like, it's like a take on the screwball comedy. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about screwball t- comedies actually later on. Um, but I mean, yeah, just a weird, weird movie. It's a lot of fun. It's, it starts with, um, the opening is three different br- briefcases all carrying different things. And, and the, the setup, you know, is that they're, they're completely identical, but they've, they've got totally mixed up, uh, uh, you know, they, they're, they are totally mixed up. And so, so that comes off to pay in the end. And it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, let's see, keep going. The great dictator at, at number 34, um, is an incredible movie. Have you seen this? Isaac? What? Yeah. Have you seen the great dictator? No, I have not seen it. Sorry. I lost connection with you for a second. Sorry. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's like an all-time classic. It is so incredible. Um, Charlie Chaplin. I mean, speaking of endings that are just like t- so good. Um, you know, he. It's a. It's a funny movie. It's a satire on on the Nazis. Um, actually, in 1940. So you know, pretty early on in the war. Um, and so it's a satire on the Nazis and um, and the concentration camps. And it's very. Mm. It's very like sharp as a critique. Um, but in the end, I mean, it just, it, it's a funny movie and then it takes just such a, um, just a razor sharp turn and it's, it's really good. Um, uh, let's see. Super bad is a great movie. Um, it's really funny. Have you ever seen it? 
Um, I think I started watching it. Didn't really get into it that much, oh, but okay. I really do like um, Michael Sarah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's a dumb movie. It's you know one of these early two th- or you know two thousands comedies. Um, Bill Hader. I like Bill Hader too. Yeah, he's funny. Um, mean uh, Girls. Mean Gr- yeah, Mean Girls at thirty. Uh, good one to watch with a girlfriend. I think it's pretty funny too. I, I remember I do. watching it. Yeah, I think Mean Girls is is funny. Um, so his girl Friday actually, um, uh, if I'm remembering this one correctly, a lot of these screwball twenty eight. Yeah, a lot of these screwball comedies kind of bleed into my mind. Um, that I would recommend going and watching a lot of these classic. Um, screwballs and there's there's two or later on that that I will 100% recommend. I would I would say What's Up Doc is a pretty accessible movie actually and it's very funny. His Girl Friday probably a little bit more of a um, a tougher one to jump into, uh, but there's one other that I'll recommend later on that is that blows them all out of the water. It's just so fun. Um, uh, let's see. Let's keep going down. 23 is Shaun of the Dead. Ooh, yeah. Um, Great movie. Not as I don't think it's as good as Hot Fuzz, but it is it is a lot of fun. Yeah, especially if you if you have like a preference for zombies, this one's really good. Yeah. Um so, but we recommend Hot Fuzz. First same director, uh pretty much, you know, it, it uh Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are both in it again and they definitely have that same uh likable dynamic. Yeah. So, um yeah, keep going. The General by Buster Keaton. Um, is wow a wild film? It is Buster Keaton was like a full on, um, like insane stuntman basically. Um, and it's a great movie. There's a sequence on a train, and I won't spoil it. But if you if you haven't seen anything about uh like by Buster Keaton, um, watch this sequence and watch the sequence. I don't think it's in the general, but watch the sequence where uh, an entire house falls on him. Um, oh man, it is incredible. And it's in the twenties, so uh, you know it's for real. Um, yeah. So uh, that's that's at number eighteen. So let's skip down all the way to number thirteen which is my favorite uh, screwball comedy of all time. Actually, it's one, it, it, I don't know. It's one of a couple. Um, so number 13 is Bringing Up Baby, which I think is just an absolutely incredible movie. Um, it is so fast, so funny. You wouldn't think so for a movie that came out in 1938, uh, but it is just, I mean, it's just absurd. She, the, the premise is that um, Catherine Hepburn's uh, character who's kind of this like this she's almost like portrayed as um kind of like a naive heiress like she's very rich and doesn't really care about anything um but she um her her cousin sends her a leopard uh like a real live leopard um and so and so she's trying to to um she's trying to get uh, Cary Grant's character to 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 fall in love with her, uh, but she she so like she she gets him basically on this wild leopard chase, um, and it is absurd. It is so funny. Um, at number twelve is Modern Times, another Charlie Chaplin movie. Um, you know Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton, both known for their their sort of like insane slapstick, um, very humorous silent movies. I think if you want to watch a silent, or even if you don't want to watch a silent movie, if you want to watch a fun movie that's part of film's history, um, I would highly recommend Chaplin and Buster Keaton. Um, at number 11, The Apartment. 
Now, I don't know. I guess it is kind of a comedy. Um, it's pretty, it's a little bit cynical to be a comedy, but uh, it is an incredible, incredible movie. Um, highly recommend it. Um, Billy Wilder is just, I think he's hes like an actual genius. Um, he's, he's so good. There's another one that we're going to talk about on this list later on. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the top 10. And these are some excellent movies actually yeah i mean we know that obviously we're going over our normal time but we just wanted to finish up our complete list i guess you yeah. can say for the comedy uh comedies that we recommend and it's fun breaking down this top 50 i think we've covered a lot of ground actually so hopefully you'll have some recommendations um for some stuff to watch in quarantine that's for sure at uh, number 10 um we have groundhog day which is a extremely fun plot um, where Bill Murray is stuck in the same day over and over and over again. Yeah. And it gets just as wild as you would think it would get. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. I really like this movie. It's a fun uh, movie. It's on yeah. Netflix right now. So, Oh, um, great. Actually, I should watch it again. Yeah. Uh, the Princess Bride and number nine. Um, just a fantastic movie. I mean, it's so good. It's a classic. Everybody's seen it. So, you know, no sense in talking too much about it, but it's 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 really lovely. It's a lovely movie. Um, it's a lot of fun. At number eight, Doctor Strange Love. Um, this is quite a biting satire. Have you ever seen this movie? No, I, I don't know. So it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. You would really like it, actually. It's about um, it's about nuclear war, basically. Um, it's a satire about nuclear war. Good um, times. Yeah. So I mean, it is just it's very funny. It's super sharp. Um, now this next one, duck soup. I've never heard of this movie actually. Have you? No, I have no idea what this is. It it's looks a, very weird. Yeah. It's a Marx brothers movie. Um, came out in 1933. Never seen it. Maybe I should check it out. It's at number seven. So might um, be worth something to watch tonight, huh? Yeah, maybe. So at number six, the big Lebowski, um, this is a, a very good movie. Um, I wouldn't say it, it should rank necessarily this high, but, um, it is, it is a very good movie. Um, you ever seen this? I've seen parts of it. Oh, I, I think yes. Yeah. Now, number five. It happened one night. This is the the beginning of the screwball comedy movies. Um, this is a great film. I mean, it really is. Um, it it's um, it's basically the first rom com ever made. <laughs> um, and it's it's a lot of fun. I would I would highly recommend going back and watching it. Um, it's a, it's a really sweet movie too. Um, at number four, some like it hot. This, another Billy Wilder joint. Um, this is such a good movie. I don't know. I think it is. I think it is incredible. Have you ever seen it, Isaac? No, I've never seen it. Okay. You should, you should watch this movie too. Um, basically they're, uh, these two band members are witnesses to the St. Valentine's day massacre. Um, and so they, in order to outrun the mob, they join an all girls band, uh, group. Uh, and so they have to dress up, uh, Jack Lemon and, and Tony Curtis dress up as, um, as, uh, as girl band members. Um, and it's, it's very fun. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. I mean, it's, it's just, it's the whole shebang. It's a classic movie. Um, at number three, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. This movie is hilarious. I love it. I love it. It's so funny. It it does deserve to be this high, to be honest. It's so yeah. funny. Uh, also on Netflix right now. So yeah, it's really. It. We started watching it uh, 
just randomly and it's it, i mean i guess you could say it's a little slow slower um but they just fully commit to the stupidity yeah. like like the beginning he's riding a fake horse and that guy's just clapping coconuts together do you yeah. know what i'm talking about yeah yeah <laughs> to make like the horse sound and it just sticks on him the camera just sticks on him and it, it just takes a while for him to ride his fake horse down the road with the guy just clapping the horse sounds it's just right. like oh my goodness it's so it funny. really does break the fourth wall in some ways it does like, it does this movie is just it's a mess the movie's a mess and it knows it's a mess i love the funny <laughs> i love the um the rider uh you know out on the far fields <laughs> yeah he's like where is he <laughs> and then he, uh, <laughs> they come back and he, he stabs him oh so funny um now at number two so sorry do you want to say anything more about it yeah no i i mean i just want to say that i think this movie is even funnier once you have like the knowledge of trying to make a movie yourself it's so lazily put together but it's intentionally lazy and that makes it even more comical and and i think if you haven't seen monty python you definitely have to see it that is for sure well the rest of this list uh cameron and i were supposed to go over but um we actually had to stop recording cameron is not on the rest of this show uh we've been experiencing some technical issues for this entire episode and uh let's be honest this one's a long one and uh they they keep coming up he's having some issues with his hardware um so i'm gonna close out the list and then i'll i'll uh give a quick patreon update at the end about what's going on with everything comes from something so the final two on the rotten tomatoes list is airplane uh from 1980 at a 97% on rotten tomatoes and uh city lights which is number one with charlie chaplin uh, at a 98%. I know Cameron loves City Lights. Um, he's a big fan of Chaplin's work, and I think this is um, a great comedy. I've, I've never seen it. Uh, I'm sure it is. it has reason for being at number one. Same with Airplane uh, being at number two. I have seen bits of it. It is quite silly. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, th- th- those are go for our comedies. I think really the big theme we want to hit home is how much we like Hot Fuzz and uh, why we think that comedy lands and, and what we'd like to see from more comedies like that. Um, now, yeah, so uh, I guess that's that's the closing of the show. It's about dinner time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something to eat. I know this is a weird way to end an episode, but I just wanted to say to all of you, um, we're really grateful for you sticking with us through the quarantine. We really hope that you're safe, that you're well, that you're taking care of yourselves. Um, something that's been on my mind that I want to share really quickly, and this is something that Cameron and I both discussed before, uh, talking about this, but we haven't really given it a spotlight. So if you made it to the end of the episode, you know, um, I wish I said this sooner, but, uh, as far as stuff with the quarantine goes, I think right now is a time where a lot of you can feel like you're down or you're falling behind, or, you know, you're in a position where there's not much you can do. You can feel like this helplessness or not finding a level of success. And Cameron and I have been feeling that ourselves. And we wanted to encourage you and tell you that everybody is in that boat, you know? So like, it can be easy to get down on yourself because you're stuck with yourself inside or you're stuck with yourself trying to get through your work in this weird time. And you're just kind of fixated on that. But you got to remember that everyone's sort of in that same boat. They're not finding that same progress and success. Everything is closed off. And so I guess 
maybe try to find some encouragement in the fact that we're all in this together. You know, you're not falling behind, right? You're not uh, being left behind a hundred percent. It's, it's, you're in, you're in a moment where it's like you have to sit and pause. And so, uh, I think Cameron and I just wanted to encourage you, um, no matter where you're at to not be discouraged by that fact, but instead take heart in the moment to breathe, um, find, find an opportunity for you to grow in a new area. Um, and, and just take care of yourself. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so I think that wraps up the episode. I know it's kind of a random word of advice. I don't, I don't know how to close the show by myself, so it's a little odd just talking to myself in this room. Um, but I wanted to tell you, uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, we do have a Patreon episode coming your way eventually. Uh, and if it doesn't come your way, well, there will definitely be one at the end of this month. Uh, like always, we usually do a monthly episode Uh, But with the current audio hardware issues we've been running into, we have been unable to record a Patreon-exclusive episode. As a matter of fact, we barely made it through this one. So um, we are trying to work it out, uh, figure out what's going on on top of all the other things we're doing. Um, I I cannot stress it. We really support all of you. or uh, We we really appreciate all of your guys' support. Um, Yeah, hopefully you can watch some funny movies after this as well. So... Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys, hopefully, if we can get our mics to work next week. Thank you. Everything Comes From Something is a fully fan-funded podcast that happens because of listeners like you. And a huge shout-out to our executive producers, Darren O'Neill and Eric and Ariel Walk. Thank you for supporting the show. I know I've been saying that part for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes, but seriously, you guys have been a huge blessing for making sure this podcast continues to go. Remember, if you want to support the show just like they do, you can check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. throw a couple dollars away, get a couple benefits. Remember, all the benefits, if you're a Patreon, are done through Patreon. Patreon Messenger, yes, you can just shoot us a message right there, and boom, we'll see it, we'll put it on air. Um, that's, that's how it works. Take advantage of those. Again, if you don't have money, totally cool. I know. I'm a broke college kid. I get it. You can just tell friends and family. Spread the word about the show. It's a little weird. It's a little quirky. It's a little different. Maybe someone, uh, some of the people or your friends will like it. And you can always give us a rating on iTunes. That seriously helps. Again, we thank you guys for all the support that you give us. We love you. And we will see you next week.